morning, CCC family. Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, 34 through 38. So if you have your Bibles with me, I welcome you to turn there with me. Mark, chapter 8, 34 through 38. Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For those, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Making disciples of all nations is indeed an enormous task, big task. The scope of the task is the whole world. And the seriousness of the task is that millions of people are dying each day without Christ. But praise God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has come a long way. According to the Center for Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell, there are about 2.5 billion Christians in the world today. Of course, it includes the evangelicals, the Catholics, and all of the other Christian categories, but that's still a huge figure that we can thank the Lord for, amen? We have come a long way. However, the task is still enormous. The task is still great, and there's still a lot of work to be done. And the task is not getting easier. It's going to get harder and harder and harder. And the truth of God's word that energizes me, that encourages me, and I hope this will encourage us this morning, is this. Jesus is coming again. Amen? Jesus is coming again. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, our King, King Jesus, he said he's coming again. Isn't that energizing? Isn't that exciting? That the, the, the king that we're serving is coming again. It's our blessed hope. It's our message of hope. Something that we can hold on to. 
And not only is Jesus coming again, he also said, he is coming soon. He is coming soon. I don't know how soon is soon, but that's what he said. He's coming soon. He said that twice in the book of Revelation, chapter 22. He said, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. And this is a reminder for all of us of the sense of urgency of the task the Lord gave to the church. And more than ever, now is the time for the church to arise. More than ever, now is the time for us to proclaim with boldness the gospel. To not be ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God for salvation to those who will believe. There's no time to hesitate, no time to be lazy, and certainly this is not the time to be ashamed of the gospel. Not the time to be ashamed following the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That is who we are. Followers. Disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor Ken, speaking on the glory of God during the celebration of CCC's 125th anniversary, gave us a very sobering third admonition. And I want to quote this. Say what God says without apology. In other words, say and live out God's word in your life, even if it will offend people. Because the last thing we want to do is to offend our king. Because Jesus said in our text today that if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, I will be ashamed of him when he comes in my Father's glory. We are the light and the salt of the earth. God can use us to spark changes in society. In this dark world that we live in, we can reflect the light of Christ so that people can find a way. And we should never, ever be ashamed of the gospel. In fact, we need to echo what Paul said in our theme verse for this convocation. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For I believe that this is the power of God. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. We should not be ashamed because of the higher calling that we have received from the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we have been called into the greatest mission in the whole world, doing the greatest work ever known to mankind and being led by the greatest person in the whole universe. Think about that. How can we be ashamed of that? We're in the right, we're in the right place, serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I remember when I first Got, a got in a job in Batam, in one of the universities there, I felt good <laughs> because I was in a very strategic position. Uh, 
receiving respect from both my colleagues and my, my students, being able to do uh, trainings and all of the things that God has led me to do during that time. But I was reminded one day that, hey, I'm not there to just teach English. I'm not there to just, you know, be making curriculums and all that. I have a higher calling. I was sent there by God, and he provided this venue for me to be able to do that. But my higher calling is to be God's witness and to not be ashamed because that is my purpose. That is my higher calling. That is why I am sent there. And I think the same is true for us, brothers and sisters. Some of us are doctors, lawyers, engineers, students, neighbors, friends, Wherever God may lead you, you have a higher calling, amen? You are, first of all, a disciple, a child of God. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. We are called by many names, followers, disciples, witnesses, soldiers, children of God, just to name a few. We are serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Everything else is beneath that. And as we follow Jesus, as we follow his will for our life, we will face persecution and trials. The same is true with the Christians during the time of Jesus. And the purpose of the passage that we read this morning was to encourage and strengthened the Roman Christians who were facing persecution and trials during that time. And in this section, Jesus is saying that such experiences are normal. Such experiences are normal in the life of a disciple. We will experience persecution and trials, and we should know that. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Two things we want to see here. Being a disciple means denial of self. By denial of self, Jesus did not mean to deny oneself of something. Rather, to renounce self. To stop making yourself the object of your life and actions, and making God the center of your life. In other words, surrendering your life fully to God. Do you know what's the most difficult prayer? The most difficult prayer to pray is something like this, Lord, May your will be done in my life. Take my life and use it as you please. That's a very difficult prayer to pray and perhaps the most difficult one because you cannot really pray that prayer from your heart unless you're willing to say or willing to, to follow what God would do after that prayer. Lord, may your will be done in my life. Being a disciple means taking up one's cross 
and following Jesus. That's a high, that's a high calling. To bear the cross means suffering and possible death. And the picture here is that of a man ready to be executed, condemned, and required to carry his cross on the way to the place of execution. Certainly, the Christians during that time were familiar with this practice, a message especially relevant to them. Following Christ has a cost. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself cost him his precious life in order to redeem us. His body broken, his blood shed for our sins. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Jesus took all of, all of our sin and shame to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins so that we may have eternal life. Jesus died on the cross alone. We should not be ashamed. We have been called into the greatest mission in the whole world, doing the greatest work ever known to mankind, and being led by the greatest person in the whole universe. This is our higher calling. Indeed, something that we can boast about and not be ashamed of. There is joy in serving Jesus. Amen? There is joy in serving Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. We have the victory. We should not be ashamed because the worth of a single soul is priceless. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? The seriousness of the task is that thousands of people die each day without Christ. At the same time, this is a reminder of the urgency of the task the Lord has given the church that precious souls dying without Christ. In 1998, I attended the uh, Centennial Missions Congress in the Philippines because even at that moment, I was struggling to follow the Lord in missions. I knew that God was calling me, but I was afraid. Yeah, I... It's a confession. I was afraid to do it. I didn't want to go outside of my country uh, because I knew what it will entail. <laughs> there will be a lot of costs to pay and a lot of inconveniences and all that. And I was afraid. I didn't want to go to Indonesia because I was afraid. And then God used this Congress to finally touch my heart, and I finally surrendered my life to Jesus. Again, the most difficult prayer, Lord, may your will be done in my life. You have to be ready if you, if you want to pray that prayer. And so this, God used this speaker who spoke at 1 p. 
p.m. after lunch, so we were all sleepy. <laughs> but God used him. The moment he spoke, I started crying. I didn't know why. Well, because God was really touching my heart. And this is what he said that really, you know, hit the mark. He said, this is 1998, and this is what he said. 48,000 people die each day, and most of them without Christ. This was 1998, so I don't know the figure this year. Most of them die without Christ. And then he continued on by saying, if you are not bothered with that, then something must be wrong. And so when I heard that, I cried even more. And finally I said, Lord, then the most difficult prayer, Lord, here am I, send my wife. No, Lord, here am I. Lord, here am I, send me. I said send me, sorry, not, not my wife, send me. My wife was called later, so that was another story. Thousands of people die each day without Christ. And if we are not bothered with that, and something must be wrong. Because the decisions we make today will make a big, big difference in the life of others. Think about that. The decisions you will make today will have a great impact. In fact, I, I would even dare to say, change the destiny of other people. Okay, Mike doesn't know this, but I'm going <laughs> to give him as an illustration. In uh, 1996, Mike and Donna, because they were not ashamed of the gospel, prayed that prayer, Lord, may, may your will be done in our lives, and followed the Lord. And they went to the jungles of, it was then called Erie, and now it's called Papua. So they were not ashamed, and they followed God. And God used them. Six churches. Six churches were planted because of their ministry in that place. And can you imagine the impact Mike and Donna had with those people, with that church, with those, the six churches? And can you imagine the six churches, the impact that they will make in return to those people around there. So, so you can do the math. You know, it's like that's a lot of people getting impacted because there's one couple who said we're not ashamed and we want to go. And, and you know, in, in our experience as people who go to the field, time and time again, God has shown that he is in control. <laughs> Even though a lot of things are not in control, but we know that God is the one, you know, working behind the scenes. And even though Mike and Donna had a great ministry in Indonesia back then, uh, the Indonesian government just decided to cancel their visas. And that's a big blow. So humanly speaking, it's like, oh, no, what will happen next? Well... God is in control. God has a plan. God has a purpose. So where did God bring Mike and Donna? Well, before they, were, before they went to Indonesia, they were in the Philippines for a year, and then 
sent to Indonesia. And then because the visas were cut, they were sent back to the Philippines. And guess which church they were going? My church. And so I met, <laughs> I met Mike. Because Mike was not ashamed, you know. So Mike, Mike's life had an impact in my life. And God used him to be my mentor, my friend, you know. Guided us through all of the things that we needed to hear and, you know, in our desire to go to Indonesia. And because of that, we also said, I, we are not ashamed. We will go to Indonesia. And what happened? A church was planted. Okay? And then, again, that had an impact to those people whom we reached. And that church also is now uh, doing some, you know, a lot of impact in the lives of the people where they are. Now, what's my point? My point is, if we are all doing this, can you imagine how God can use all of us? That because the decisions that we will make today will greatly affect and make a big difference in the life of others. So, who is not ashamed of the gospel? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Every one of us play a vital part in reaching the world for Christ. You have to realize that. All of us, not just Pastor Ken, not just Pastor Mike, not just the missionaries, it's all of us. <laughs> we have a a, a role to play. I've been given the privilege of teaching uh, the third and fourth graders last Sunday. And I was supposed to bless them, you know, and impart all of my, you know, knowledge to them. But it was, it was the reverse. They were the ones who blessed me. <laughs> These are third and fourth graders, okay? And I hope we will be challenged by their example because I, I asked them, have you shared Jesus to your, to your uh, classmates? And I was surprised because most of them raised their hands. You know? And then I said, so how, how did it go? How did you feel? So one of them said, it felt weird. And then one of them said, ah, they didn't listen to me. And then another one said, oh, it was great. I felt really good. So these are the third and fourth graders, and they're doing the job. <laughs> and so I said, whoa, I need to get my act straight, you know, because these are children. Talk about out of the mother babes, thou, thou hast a day in praise, and talk about having a childlike faith. And I was just challenged to see that even at a young age, they were willing to be not ashamed. So we... We have to be like a child sometimes, right? To trust God fully and allow him to work in and through our lives. All of us are witnesses of Jesus wherever we are. In our family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, classmates, anyone that God would lead us to share the gospel to. Just like the lyrics of the famous song, across the street, 
or around the world, the mission is still the same. Proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. Amen? God can use us so that others can follow Christ. Everyone plays a vital role. We are all called to pray. Amen? We need to pray because prayer is actually the battle. We need to pray and pray and pray like never before. And there will be those of us who will be called to go. Okay? Even as I speak right now, I'm sure God is tugging the hearts of some of you. You know, if God is calling you, don't resist. Uh, practice the prayer of the most difficult prayer. Lord, let your will be done in my life and be ready if God calls you. Well, not all of us are called to go, but every one of us are witnesses wherever we are. Amen? And God can use you there. Just like the third and fourth graders, they are, you know, ready to share the gospel with their friends. And also, some of us uh, can be also called to, to give. You cannot be a goer, or you cannot, uh, for some reason, you're not uh, able to go, but you can send people, and you can be a giver. And today is, is going to be a, that great opportunity for us to uh, be part of this great mission that the Lord has uh, given us the privilege to be in. Because more than ever, now is the time for the church to be one in praying, in going, in giving. This is what we need to reach the whole world for the Lord Jesus Christ. As the church, one in following the Lord. People all over the world coming from different language, culture, tradition, are hungry and thirsty for something. They're longing for something, but they don't know what it is. People's soul and heart are hungry and thirsty, but they are not satisfied because they're looking in the wrong places. And we can show them the way. We can show them the way. That we can only be right with God when we acknowledge our emptiness before Him. And this emptiness can only be filled and satisfied by the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed. I have a higher calling. I am a follower of Jesus, my King. I am not ashamed because souls, precious souls are dying. And the decisions I will make today will make a big difference in the life of others. I would like to end by reminding us of the vision in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 10. And I would like us to really picture this in our minds. This is, this is what will happen. This is the, the end picture of God's great plan for all of us. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried in a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come. Lord, we thank you for your word today. And we ask that you would teach us, Lord, to continue to follow you. And if we have to pray that prayer, Lord, may your will be done in my life, then, Lord, lead us and guide us. But thank you, Lord, because you are the king and that your plan will come to pass. And help us, Lord, to, to just keep in step with your spirit and follow you, not just half of the way, but follow you all the way. Lord, this is our prayer in the matchless name of our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.